Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 12.33 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now, where some guests receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 99.90 Jasper Avenue. You can tell Maggie, uh, Brendan, and Taylor that Oilers Now sent you. We'll get to NHL today. <clears throat> Excuse me for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing coming up in a little bit here. But right now, pleased to be joined on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by today's headliner. He's brought to you by Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. It's been a couple weeks since we've been able to chat with Brian Lawton, but it's always a pleasure. Brian, how was the holiday season for you? Well, it was a wonderful holiday season for me, and it's uh, best of all, glad to see things turning around for the Edmonton Oilers as we wrap up the holidays absolutely i think a a much needed little break for them and a much easier schedule at least in terms of um substance right now for the oilers and they're making hay while the sun is shining i believe is how the saying goes now what have you liked most about this recent stretch of games brian points in four in a row for edmonton well i really like what kelly yamamoto's brought to the team it's given them a little bit more balance on a couple of lines I think some other players, since they've made some changes with guys, have stepped up as well to give them a little more depth. Um, Adam Larson finally seems to be back to to where you'd expect him to be. Uh, There's just been a lot of little things that have added up to much better results for the Oilers for me in watching the games that I've seen recently. And do you attribute a lot of that to just Dave Tippett having more time now as we get deeper and deeper into this season to learn players and learn how he's going to put the puzzle pieces together? And then you have the added bonus, of course, of guys now starting to come up with a little more uh, pro experience from Bakersfield as well. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, I I felt like the Oilers were going through a really rough stretch. They didn't have a lot of luck. Uh, That was hurting them. That's just a part of it. Sometimes people struggle to understand that. You could play exactly the same way and uh, win games as you can when you play exactly the same and lose games. It's just a fine line, particularly this year, with how close the National Hockey League is. And uh, some of that is just random. There's nothing you can do about it. Dave Tippett is a very consistent person with how he treats the players, and I think they appreciate that. It doesn't always mean that you'll get the results you want, but it does make life a little bit easier, and I think he's done an excellent job of just doing that, being consistent. And easier and more stable, both for the players that are there and now if we're going to start seeing some of these call-ups, Brian, like Yamamoto and Bob has mentioned Tyler Benson a couple of times as we get closer to the trade deadline as being another option. But let's bring this back around. We talked about Yamamoto's success. He's been pretty good in his defensive zone. He's got a couple of goals to his credit, uh, even despite a performance against Toronto, which Tippett said wasn't Yamamoto's best, but he still likes what he's seeing there. So to me, this is a clear indication that the plan that they had laid out in the summertime to slowly inter um, or 
apply some of these young prospects that they've got, even with another half season of pro experience. This was the plan from the get-go, and Yamamoto, to me, is an example that it's working so far. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I've always looked at him. There's a similar guy. He used to he took some skating lessons from Tyler Johnson's mother, and I've always looked at him as a Tyler Johnson type player with that type of potential. At least the difference is is that even this year he's still almost a full year year ahead of where Tyler Johnson was in beginning his NHL career, and that makes a world of difference. That's part of the kind of calm hand on the steering wheel that Ken Holland brings to the Edmonton Oilers is that long-term view, that patience. Uh, It's been a really nice boost with the three points in four games from Yamamoto, but more than anything, it's about how is he going to reach the highest level as a professional, and that is by being patient. They've done that thus far, and they've certainly been rewarded by doing that, in my opinion, on this particular player. Chatting with Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Brian, uh, it looks like Mike Smith might be in line for yet another start here, and he really scuffled for quite a long stretch after the beginning of the season where he was white hot. Um, What's your assessment of Tippett's deployment of the goaltenders to this point in the season? I think he's done a good job in terms of handling them. They've both been cold at different times. They've both been cold at the same time, quite frankly, and I think that was the biggest challenge that the club was facing. Uh, Dave is a guy that's very loyal to the existing players that he has. A lot of coaches, I think, would have given up on Mike Smith. It just uh, the poor play continued for what probably felt like an eternity, but uh, that's not what they did. They stuck with him, and I think Mike has kind of refound his game a bit. And that's going to be critical down the stretch. A big part of the early success was how good both Smith and Koskinen were early on. And they're going to need to get back to that if they want to make a serious run at the playoffs here. Yeah, I agree with that, Brian. And it's not as if there's an heir apparent kicking the door down in the minor leagues for who's next to take over the backup role and and eventually the starter. There's a great competition, but nobody immediately. Now, let me throw this at you. Is there something to keeping, and I didn't expect that they were going to pull the plug on Smith by any means, but the relationship that he and Koskinen have, I think, has really benefited Koskinen's game. If that's fair to say, is that yet another reason that Smith brings value to this team? Uh, There's no doubt about it. At Smitty's age, and Smitty was in Tampa when I was there, he's a great guy. He's a great leader. He has the ultimate respect of the players. He backs it up with his work ethic every day, and I think that's a positive effect. Even for a guy like Koskinen that's not exactly a spring chicken, it doesn't matter. He's still learning how to be a starter in this league, and uh, Mike Smith, in a lot of ways, is a perfect complement for that. It's been interesting watching this team struggle at home, and they had nine home games in December. It was a tough part of the schedule. just happened that a lot of them were at home. But so much of the talk at that time, Brian, was let's bring the road game to home ice. Now they're out on the road, and it seems to be proving successful again. But curious from a player's standpoint, as somebody who is obviously a very high pick, what does it really mean to simplify the game on the road when someone says that? Well, the biggest thing is I was talking to Scott Stevens about this last night, talking about how different teams tend to play at home and on the road, and everybody's aware of the last change and how that is a benefit when you're at home. But the fact of the matter is you get you get pushed to want to do maybe a little bit too too much to put on a little bit of a show, whereas when you're on the road, 
You're just there for one purpose, to try to win hockey games. You don't have to worry about creating anything special. You want to get the two points and get out of town. And in order to do that at home, it's it's not as easy. On the road, you have less distractions. Um, there's nothing really but hockey. It tends to be easier for players. So you've got to try to bring that mentality and get out that get that human nature out of your games so that players don't feel like, geez, we're at home, we got to put a show on, we got to do something special. Um, being on the road right now has definitely been a good thing, in my opinion, for the Oilers. Did you like having a, a day off on the roads when you were a player, or was that even a thing at that time? Because I know it's more recent that they've mandated that uh, that day off, like the Oilers had yesterday, for example. That was not a thing at that time. Let's put <laughs> yeah, it that I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing that really was back then was if you were winning and doing well, there tended to be more days off, and if you weren't, there were none. Next up for them, Brian, they're in Montreal practicing at the Bell Centre today. They get the Habs, and the Habs are in a bit of a tailspin, as you know, seven in a row. Uh, sports writers up here in Canada saying that uh, the, the fat lady is singing in terms of their playoff chances. But the way that the Oilers have been playing, the Oilers, or the Habs might get uh, Gallagher back. Um, what, what is what does tomorrow night look like in a perfect world for Edmonton? A quick and dirty in and out and try to avoid the trap that may be there? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, for Montreal, unfortunately for Edmonton, the, the last two games, I think that was a, basically a, about a 30-hour window before they signed Kovalchuk where Mark Bergeron, Claude Julie, and the rest of their staff were looking at an opportunity to maybe pick up four quick points, uh, Winnipeg, and then playing Detroit. It didn't work out that way. As a matter of fact, it went rather horrible for them. I don't know if that's going to be a positive or a negative for the Oilers. I think in some way, shape, or form for Montreal, it's going to allow them to at least take a deep breath and approach Edmonton maybe with a little bit of freshness in their game. They were tight. They were squeezing the sticks. Uh, Everybody knows that the trade deadline is not that far away now, so it's on the minds of a team, certainly like Montreal, that's in that position where they're falling behind a bit. And if they don't pick it up, then clearly they will be sellers, in my opinion, at the deadline. So a lot going on for the Montreal Canadiens. Conversely, for Edmonton, they just need to focus on what's going on for them. They need to be a little bit like the Boston Bruins were last night against the Nashville Predators, a team that just fired their coach. A lot of hoopla just come in, play a really smart road game, be patient, and let the chips fall. If Edmonton does that, I think they'll have success tomorrow. But uh, Montreal would scare me a little bit right now with where they're at. It's such a big stage to play on as we chat with Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. And Brian, I know that's that's going to make different players react differently, of course. Was there in your playing days somewhere that you got the jitters a little bit listening to the anthem? You're out on the road. You're in just an incredible atmosphere, perhaps Chicago, one of the original six teams like that. Yeah, Chicago, uh, I didn't score a lot of hat tricks in the NHL, but I did have a a, a couple, and they were in Chicago both times. And uh, I just loved it. Absolutely. The the wilder, the crazier people were, there's nothing better. This is a discussion I had with Scott Stevens last night. There's nothing better than winning on the road. And to win in in an iconic place like Montreal is right up there at the top. 
It truly is. It's such a big event, a hockey game in that city. Uh, you know it. You feel it. It's all over town. It's before you even get to the rink. And uh, it can also be, as you pointed out, a little bit nerve-wracking because it does feel different. It is a different atmosphere. And uh, that's what makes it fun, in my opinion. And, and you find out who, who you have for teammates when you get into games like this, whether the stage is bigger, whether it's Hockey Night in Canada, whether it's in a big city like Montreal, that's when you find out the most about your teammates. Speaking of which, and that's a great parlay into the next point I wanted to make. So Justin Williams finally signs with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, very low wage, but some uh, some bonus-laden contracts there. Now, here's a guy who, of course, is Mr. Game 7, right? He, he is the wily playoff veteran, the consummate pro. And I liken that uh, to being a Kamloops kid myself, a guy like Mark Recchi, who won in so many different places, not necessarily being the, the forefront contributor, but just having that veteran presence. So how valuable, Brian, is it for you? You can put your general manager's hat on for this one, perhaps, and just say in acquiring a guy like Justin Williams, that can be a difference maker to the point where we're now seeing teams like Boston, teams like Toronto, a little bit uh, saying that hey we might have missed out on a great piece here yeah there's no doubt about it I actually had the good fortune last week I had a few days off and I had a chance to play golf with Tom Dundon down in El Dorado in Cabo San Lucas and we talked a little bit about Justin and what he potentially could mean to them or somebody else and I know that they're thrilled to have him um he is a special guy. He is exactly the type of guy I'd love to see the Oilers be able to find. There's just not that many of them that can still contribute in a meaningful way and yet bring the experience and calmness that he does. Uh, he really truly is at the top of the heap in that regard right now for anybody that's out there playing. He just has so much cachet behind him and um, I think it's a really interesting proposition for Carolina. Uh, I know Tom Dundon feels real good about his team, and yet at the same time he recognizes how close this league is. That You can feel like you're winning every night and not really gain ground on teams. That's just what it is. Justin Williams, to me, is going to guarantee that Carolina makes the playoffs, in my opinion. And that's probably more so even his presence in the room than it is. I don't imagine him eating a ton of minutes up at this stage of his career, but like you said, just having that that calmness for what is also a pretty young team. It, it is a young team, and at times uh, I think they're a very, very strong group from top to bottom when you look at their decor and how they've changed their fate in terms of not necessarily being a team that could score that freely. That group can absolutely score. Now, what they've been lacking is that veteran presence, is that show me the way how to be a great pro, uh, show us what it takes to win in the playoffs. Now they've got that with Justin Williams. They are in a much better position, and it won't be, as you point out, because Justin Williams scores 25 goals in the second half. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about having people in the room that understand the amount of work and pain you have to go through to win consistently at the National Hockey League level. Justin Williams will provide all of that. 
And on the topic of roster moves, Brian, we'll end with this as we wrap up with Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Uh, TSN headline reading on the front page of the website today that teams are poking around uh, Yesipoliarvi's situation again for the Oilers. If you're a GM, is this a situation that you're approaching at the trade deadline, or is this more likely something that we're going to see, especially given the fact that he can't help this year on draft day or perhaps the offseason? Um, I, I think that uh, if he gets moved, it will be within a week of the trade deadline. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. There have been, I have spoken to a lot of teams that have been over to Finland to see him play. He's still averaging just about a point a game in the top Finnish league. That's really good. Um, that's some optimism that maybe people hadn't seen as much of lately from him. Uh, obviously, in his stints with the Oilers, he showed some flashes of brilliance, but not as much as I think people were hoping. Um, this has been a really good year for him, quite frankly, going back, reestablishing himself, feeling good about his game. Uh, they're all positives. Uh, I still believe that Edmonton will move him, although I've always felt there's at least a 10% chance he may play well enough, and he has, where maybe they want him back, maybe a, a fresh start would work out well for Edmonton and, and maybe yes he feels better about his game. I don't think that'll happen but there's still a small chance. We'll leave the sliver of hope out there for that to happen. Brian, appreciate the time as always. We'll connect next week. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. That's Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. It is 12.50 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It is 12.53 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you today. The Oilers were on the ice uh, about half an hour ago or so in Montreal as they get set for yet another game on this lengthy Eastern road trip. They get the Canadians tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. It's 3.30 for the face-off show. A 5 o'clock puck drop from the Bell Centre. A couple interesting points there from Brian Lawton, particularly on the Yesapoyarvi front. If something's making the front page of TSN.ca, there's probably a little bit of fire where the smoke is and to say that he might get moved within a couple weeks of the trade deadline that's piqued my interest now what value might he fetch in a return that to me still has a lot of question marks surrounding it dave if you're if you're in that position so we bring aboard dave campbell once again um is that something that you would ship out for a rental in the way of jean-gabriel pajot hmm yeah, that's uh, that's probably what's going to have to happen. Is uh, you, I don't think you want to trade a first. No, second, I don't think they third, want to trade a first at all. Yeah, no, they they won't do that. I agree with you. Uh, second or second round pick and a prospect that I mean, who wouldn't want Jesse Puliyarvi in that prospect uh, pool? I say who who would want Jesse Puliyarvi? Well, the Oilers may not want him, but uh, you know what I mean. If if teams are looking for a high prospect, uh, I would definitely think he would fit that bill I mean you talk about Pajot who I I he just so checks so many boxes for me exactly you got uh, Anthony Cio out of the of the Red Wings who has a nice nice cap hit Tyler Toffoli is a, another name that's interesting although he's mm-hmm. been kind of hit and miss lately uh, had a good year a few years ago 
Um, He's in the final year, by the way, at four point six million ew. per. So there, there's a big chunk there that they'd have to rearrange in order to make that fit. Yeah. What What's Chris Kreider's? Hit? Chris Kreider's is four point six three. And I read today that he has all seven Canadian teams on the no trade list. Okay. Never mind that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to those Calgary fans listening, I know that he's been a target down there as well. Likely not going to come to fruition there. I would probably say Anthony Sioux is probably a, a, a prime candidate for the Oilers. Paggio, I, w- I would love to see him here, but is he going to re-sign in Ottawa? Th- that's another question right. mark. And um, So I would probably say Anthony Sioux might be the uh, near the top of the list for the Oilers. But yeah, Pooley-Arvey, I mean, if, if you're looking to move him, and if Detroit is a team like Detroit is looking to get a a high-end prospect or a a prospect with potential, uh, that could be a match for sure. Yeah, uh, and to me, they they would need much more in return than just a fantasy U for Pulleyarvi. I think that they would need to throw in uh, one of their their other prospects too, perhaps mm-hmm. if, if you know. And and Ken Holland has been steadfast all along. I'm not making a deal for the sake of making a deal. This is going to benefit the hockey club. So mm-hmm. we'll find out where that goes. Let's do this real quick. Let's uh, get into NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, building tailored branded programs for your team or business where your order is done on time, every time. Elite Promotional Marketing. We've got three games across the NHL tonight, highlighted by the Winnipeg Jets and Toronto Maple Leafs from the Scotiabank Arena. That should be a good one with plenty of firepower there. Elsewhere, Philadelphia hosts Washington and Dallas visits Los Angeles. Rangers defenseman Ryan Lindgren has a hearing this afternoon for a check to the head of Jonas Donskoy. This was an old-school, cron-wall-along-the-boards type of hit. I like what Nazem Kadri did. He stepped up, and, I mean, Lindgren's a little bit of a younger defender, but Kadri, on no call, beat the wheels off of him, and that's... That's part of the game as it stands right now. Uh, Lindgren did not turn to that game, return to that game, however, though, with an upper body issue. Uh, the Canadians did send former first-rounder Michael McCarron to Nashville yesterday for a Laurent Dauphin. McCarron just uh, never really catching on after going in the first round in 2013. He's played 69 NHL games, just two goals, eight assists there. Former Oil King Tristan Jari named to the NHL's All-Star Game as a replacement for Jonas Corpusalo. Chris Letang will also replace injured teammate Jake Gensel so the Penguins as always well represented there. Friend of the show AJ Jakubik from Ottawa tweeted this morning that uh, another friend of the show Perry Pern relieved of his duties as the coach of the Canadian National Women's Hockey Team. Bakersfield Condors in Stockton tonight to take on the Heat. The Oil Kings begin a three game Saskatchewan roadie in Moose Jaw against Mark O'Leary's Warriors. Remember Tim Hunter the former World Junior Coach for Canada he parted ways with the organization on Monday Monday. U of A Golden Bears get a home and home with Mount Royal. That starts in Calgary on Friday. Still to come here on Oilers Now, we're going to get uh, to hear from David Staples from the Cult of Hockey after the 1 o'clock news break. After that, John Shannon at 1.30. Going to tell you now as well, you can follow Oilers Now on a great road trip to the city of Chicago. You just heard Brian Lawton hype it up. That's to see the Oilers play the Blackhawks, of course. This package includes a great lower bowl game ticket, a welcome reception with Bob and special guests, plus tours of Wrigley and Soldier Field. For the Oilers now, Chicago road trip, call New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. We'll step aside for a global news weather traffic update. Back on Oilers now with David Staples. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon 
on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.